Hello, rogues. It's episode four of the Streets of Avalon re-release, Cutter. But today is the day, and the Kickstarter is live. You can search for Streets of Avalon on Kickstarter, or just look up Misdirected Mark on social media. I guarantee it won't be hard to find the Kickstarter that way. You can also just go to the Misdirected Mark website, misdirectedmark.com, and find the Kickstarter that way. With that said, here's another excerpt from the book, A Piece of Fiction to Whet Your Appetite. A View from the Street Towering spires of churches stab through the smoky clouds that fill the night sky, while the stone and wooden homes of the commoners huddle together on the streets. The light of the full moon creeps its way through the mist and smog, creating small patches of illumination that amplify the shadows, making them longer and deeper than during the haze of daylight. Familiar smells and tastes of the city fill the night air. The alchemist labs spew thick fumes through the assortment of oddly-shaped chimneys, the smoke suffused with sulfur and sea salts. The city markets, normally a cacophony of bartering voices and animal sounds, are hushed. The scents of the sweetmeats, fruits, stale wine, and horse dung litter along the thoroughfares to create an atmosphere thick enough to taste. If you were to climb the wine merchant's building in this alley where you hide, you'd only see city, and more city beyond that. Avalon is a womb of corruption, reaching out and holding you, never yielding, but it's everything you've ever known. You've never been through the whole city. Few have. You don't have the time, the money, or the inclination. It would take too long to even try. The whole damn thing is hundreds of miles across. At least that's what the storytellers claim when you have enough hard-won coppers to buy a tale or two. But later... When you learned to pick the pockets of the marks who'd stopped to listen to those tales, you'd forgotten most of the stories. You can only survive by living in the present. This isn't where you would be if you had a choice, but choices are hard to come by. And you don't know where you'd be with your skills. You have no idea what lies outside the city, and right now, it doesn't really matter. There's work to be done. The incessant night fog, a mix of sulfur fumes and the coal smoke from a thousand furnaces, wraps you like a well-worn cloak. You blend with the oppressive blackness the light filtering through the concoction of gases and soot during the daytime is long faded, leaving only the flickering of candles and lamps in the buildings that can afford them. A cold night breeze joins you in the alley. You shift slightly to avoid its touch and pull your cloak closer. Your steady breathing creates wisps of frozen vapor, small spirits escaping from your lungs. In Avalon, you breathe the dead. You've been waiting in the alley at the corner of Copper and Water Streets for almost three hours now. The night chill assaults your bones, your knees shackled with cold as steely as locks. The old wine barrels around you tear up your eyes with a vinegar assault. You turn to the one barrel whose gift is still sweet, a hint of what might await you at the Red Crow if all goes well, so you allow yourself a moment to lose focus. As another half hour drags by, you start to think your contact might not show, destroying six days of work and about twenty gold nobles and bribes, most of your savings. You quickly remind yourself that, if this score goes well, a big payoff awaits. Besides, lamplighters are always on time. Always. As you adjust your position behind the one piquant barrel to keep your blood flowing, the tower clock in the center of Avalon strikes nine. At the last stroke, as reverberations of the massive bell fade and die, the lighters materialize out of the inky shadows, their soundless strides and raven cloaks, unfazed by even the strongest winds, make the lamplighters some of the more peculiar residents of Avalon. They make their rounds each night, stopping at every oil lamp on the streets, a small glimmer of hope. It's a punctuality that sets all timepieces in the city. Apart from their obvious job of keeping Avalon out of perpetual darkness through their self-appointed duty, these mysterious beings also keep the secrets of Avalon. 
If it's happening, happened, talked about, or rumored to be, the lighters know about it. Luckily for you, they charge a fair price. Or at least one you can currently afford. Greetings, Dispeller of Darkness and Bringer of Hope. How do the lamps burn this night? That's all for this installment. Now on to the next episode, and if you've backed the Kickstarter, thank you. And if you have or haven't, please tell your friends, enemies, the monsters you know, lamplighters you may have met, any rogues you associate with, and everyone in between about the Streets of Avalon Kickstarter. Last time on the Streets of Avalon, our rogues learned there was a terrible being known as the Mouth of Erlig in the box. They decided against Fionn's wishes to sell Violet to the masks, and Vassar set up the deal. Now, let's find out the fate of Violet and see what moves our rogues make next. Welcome to the Streets of Avalon, played by the Wednesday Evening Podcast All-Stars, and presented by Misdirected Mark Productions, in conjunction with Gaming and BS, She's a Super Geek, and the Knights of the Night. Now for the introductions of our GM, the players, and the characters. Uh, Brett B. from Gaming and BS, I am the Dungeon Master. Hi there, this is Kevin Lovecraft. I'm playing a bard in this 5e campaign. Maris Salanas. Uh, my name is Tom. I'm one of the GMs and editors of Knights of the Night Actual Play Podcast. I am uh, playing a druid character, Nora Maginis, also known as Grandmother. I'm Emily from She's a Super Geek. I make up about one half of it, technically. I am playing a ranger, Fionn McFinnegan. And my name is Chris Nizak, and I am one of the hosts and, I guess, the architect of Misdirected Mark Productions. I am playing a character called Vassar Vim. I am a rogue who lives on the hard streets of Avalon, and I turn the microphone over to Brett B. We're at Grandpa Thompson's boarding house. You guys had paid the knives, like we said, to uh, watch the Iron Wheel, make sure everything there was safe. You guys were able to keep watches here yourselves. You wake back up. It's that early fallish type of weather creeping in right now. It's a little damp, a little cool. You have some of the heavy night smog and fog that's rolled in off the outer sea that has come in. You know, seven score thousand different types of smoke and resins and all the stuff that's burned for heating and fuel and cooking throughout the city and the alchemist dens. All that stench and smell is just kind of hanging in this area. The house itself that you stayed in, the wallboards are not very tight. There's plenty of breeze, air coming through. Probably wasn't the most restful, except for Vassar, because he was completely drunk. So I'm assuming Vassar slept like a baby. But for the rest of you, not the most comfortable. Grandma, of course, is, I think she would be comfortable on a bed of nails. Yes, true. She, in fact, sleeps on a bed of nails. That's what she tells everyone, yes. Whatever the antithesis of a Celic posturpedic bed is, is what she (laughs) travels with. (laughs) When we talked about this last time, we were going to basically sell Violet was the idea. This was a huge uproar and consternation, and we can't just sell people. However, we kind of got that argued down so that Fionn was seething and not outright vocally abusing anybody anymore. We're just moving the problem to a different location. (laughs) That was pretty much it, yes. At Grandpa Thompson's, if you guys wish to, Maris and Vassar, if you want to, you can take the group out of here down to a different food stall can get an actual decent meal otherwise you're going to get like day or two or maybe even three day old gruel or fish soup or some kind of borscht or something nasty which is all they're going to have here vassar this is indeed your neighborhood you know that there's a baker down the street she's got sticky buns she's got the great fresh bread everything is there you get sticky buns all year round 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. As long as you can uh, get the coppers for him. We only get it at the spring equinox. I'm I'm really sorry for you. Well, why don't we go get some sticky buns then? My treat. Ooh, I'm definitely in on that. Grandma, they have sticky buns. Some calf too. You stay here, Morris. Me and Red here. I'll go get those sticky buns. We'll be right back. All right, coffee too, though. Yeah, I'll get some coffee. That death stroke stuff. I like that. I promised Ma I wouldn't drink coffee. I told her I wouldn't get addicted to drugs in the big city. Um, it's just <laughs> coffee. It's not gonna, you know. Boy, do I need some right now because my head hurts, but it's not going to, like, get you addicted or anything. Get back here with my coffee! Vassar and uh, Fiona, are you guys bringing back food for your prisoner? Yes. Yes. Okay. Ooh, that was nice unequivocally, yes. I insisted. Oh, I was, was going to say, I'm assuming. Lady Delia is the baker. She sees you. She's all, oh, Vassar, it's so good to see you. How's your mother? How are things at the inn? What crazy weather we had last night? Oh, the storms. And uh, she's one of those... Types of folks that will talk a thousand miles an hour. As soon as you think she stops to let you have a, a moment, no, she's just going to keep going. So it's a lot of nodding and smiling and handing coins. If you if you want to engage with her, you'll just have to wait a bit until she runs out of breath. That's exactly how our baker is. Oh, this is wonderful. Oh, my gosh. Here's this. Here's mm-hmm. the, Oh, yes. Oh, one extra. Oh, you need some of this. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't forget that. Make mm-hmm. sure you have some of this. Oh, so you have a basket <laughs> loaded down. Fiona's carrying with two hands with um, this beautiful aromatic breads and this sugary, wonderful sweetness. And Vassar has um, containers of some wonderfully fresh brewed coffee that he'll be bringing back to Grandpa Thompson's. Here, Red, give me that basket. I'll, and try some of this coffee. It's great. I really did promise, Ma. Oh, just, it's just take a sip. It won't, it won't hurt. I've already stretched my morals enough in this city. Look, it's not that bad. It's just a little bitter and it's not really a drug. Yeah, but that's what they said about heroin. Um, heroin is a drug and is bad for you. This is caffeine and coffee. Uh, that's okay. You don't have to drink it if you don't want to. At least try one of these, these sticky buns then. Yes. Tea and sticky buns. Because if you don't try one now when we get back, Maris will eat all of them. It's like it's a festival. <laughs> we make our way back to Grandpa Thompson's boarding house. So, Fiona, one of the things that you have that Grandma called out and that you agreed with is you do have the morning filth. There is, as you're going down, Vassar is doing the walk in the middle of the street, walk over here, don't go over there. You see the you know third-story window open up and bloop, the chamber pots come pouring out oh. into the alleyways. Ugh. You have some of the liché, the members of the old faith. They either are sandaled or barefoot mostly. They've got the kind of dun-colored robes, the the symbol of their faith, which is an inverted crucifix is how they is how they wear it. It just hangs more conveniently that way, and they're also conceivably part of the Odin sect. But regardless, they have their little uh, bring-out-your-dead carts, if you will, um, and they are collecting as you're coming back to Grandpa Thompson's and coming in the front door. Coming out the front door, which you and Vassar step aside for, are four dead that come out of Grandpa Thompson's, and they get plocked unceremoniously on top of a wagon. Oh. Do we recognize any of the dead? No. Vassar, There's if you want to poke at them or look closely, you may recognize a couple of them as local urchin types, but you'd have to take a second to look. Yeah, it's a thing that happens. I'm not even, I'm not really paying attention to it because it's like a thing that happens every day. That's too bad so-and-so died. Hey, they got cold. That happens. Pretty much. So, Grandma and Maris. Violet is up. She was up shortly after you guys woke up. She was bound, but not gagged. She obviously is tied in such a way she couldn't get out. Um, or if you had her gagged, that would be totally legitimate as well. Yeah. Okay, Maris is giving me the nod. Yes, she was absolutely gagged. Okay. Not like, you know, five tube socks stuffed down her throat type of gag, but at least so she can't cast or do anything like that. 
No, just some leather so that she can't form any uh, verbal attack spells. Got it. I trust her zero. Grandma, Violet is looking at you with, she has pleading young girl eyes. Yes, I take her to the restroom so that she can perform her morning. Uh, But I'm (laughs) staying with her. I've raised kids. I've seen things you ain't got nothing I ain't seen, honey. And uh, she is not getting untied. She is not getting ungagged. Okay, so grandma falls for nothing. God damn it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, walk this way. Mm-hmm. So grandma's n- nothing's getting pulled over on the old lady. So um, you get her in there. She does have to go. You, um, you have to help her get undressed to a point, get redressed, drag her back out. Grandmother has no problem with that. She looks mildly humiliated and upset by this whole affair. And grandma's just like nonplussed, flat face, like whatever. I had to do this for five elderly men just the other week. Whatever. Moving on. You brought this on yourself, young lady. Actions have consequences. Let's go back in your room. Boy, I've hired that before. Everything work out okay there, Vi? She glares at Maris. She is not pleased with him. I give her a wink. Vassar and Fionn, you guys come up. Violet is plunked down. She just looks dispirited in general. She doesn't know what to do. She is a woman who is caught, a person, I should say, who is caught, trapped, bound, gagged, and just, she doesn't know what to do. Paying for her mistakes. So she's just pretty much just kind of, I'll start telling her the story of, like, the prodigal child who strayed from the rules of the community (laughs) and all the vile consequences. This is going to be a long and tedious story. I'm just going to sit there quietly whispering it to her so I don't have to burden everyone else with it. Pausing only to take bites of my roll. That's Grandma's favorite story to tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Vassar, your mother is up, and Julia is kind of the, okay, What's can we go back home? Is it safe? Wait, did they arrive with the sticky buns and the coffee? Yes, sticky buns and coffee are here, and has been laid out in a wonderful spread. Oh, Grandma takes a coffee. There is no doubt about it. She looks at the fact that Fionn's name is written on it and gives her a bit of a look like, what the hell is that? So what time were we supposed to we were supposed to meet them in the morning? That was the whole point. Correct. We're going to eat breakfast, and then I'm going to go to the Iron Wheel and take somebody with me. Can, can I come? I mean, it's, it's our home. Uh, no, Mom, you have to stay here. It might get messy. This place has fleas, son. I, I know. Like, but- literally has fleas. It's filthy. Yeah, and if you come with me, th- we might get blood all over the inn, and I don't want to do that. Okay, then Mara stays here with me. Sure. Hey, Red, you want to come with me? Um, Grandmother, what, what what do you think? I think you should keep him safe. I can do that. Go with him. I, I agree, Grandmother. I think she should keep me safe, too. I appreciate that. I am flattered by your trust in me, Grandmother. You have done well so far. <laughs> How's the coffee, Nora? It's very good. Uh, I would agree that these sticky buns are supreme. They remind me of our festival. That's the uh, Bargeman breakfast blend of coffee, by the way. I'm surprised you got one before Morris ate them all. I made sure Grandmother got one. I was busy telling stories to Vi. Otherwise, I would have eaten three of them instead of just one. Did anybody feed her? Somebody should probably feed her. I'll tear off little bits and slide them past the gag. This seems unnecessary. Couldn't we just ungag her and allow her to chew her food? Weren't you guys going to the inn or something? Some mission? Yeah. We'll be back in like 15 minutes. I will let your grandmother guide me in this matter. If she feels I'm out of line, I will respect her direction. Does that sound fair, Red? I just see Maris like tearing it off and like trying to throw it into her mouth from across the room. Bouncing off her face. (laughs) It works with little birds, right? You just throw it down their throat. And I see grandma saying, look, you can live for seven days without eating. I don't know what her freaking problem is. Oh, don't forget to give her something to drink. 
All right, so Vassar and Fionn, grab your gear and head back to the Iron Wheel. Amaris, after they have left, and Grandma, you're there. Allison is there, and so is Julia. Julia is, Grandma, at this point, she's looking at you like, we should ungag her. This is not humane. I mean, it's bad enough what we have to do, we have to do. But she should at least be allowed to eat like a person. I will station myself behind her and take the gag off. Mars, you feed her and give her a drink. The minute she starts doing anything questionable, the gag's going back on. Okay. Don't trust her. This is like feeding a snake that can spit poison. So I'm actually literally have the dagger in my dominant hand, my right hand, and I'm feeding her with my left hand. No, the the gag is like loosened in the back and then pulled down, but I've got my hands on either side of it in case it needs to be slipped back in to stop her mid-spell. I'm still keeping a dagger on her. Trust her absolutely zero. Understood. Who has the box? That's with us. Nora's in charge of the box. Okay, just wanted to make sure. Faster and Fionn, you guys head back to the Iron Wheel. The Accordant has been thrown around the inn itself. You have five different men and two women from the Knives Guild have been stationed around it throughout the night, working in different cycles and shifts. The leader reports to you, Vassar. They say, no funny business. No one's tried to go in. No one's, Nothing's come out. We've heard uh, no sounds, no lights, just the usual street rabble, but nothing nothing of any concern or worry. How about cats? Cats? Um, a fair number of cats. We had to chase a few away. How about seven black cats that looked exactly the same? They kind of do the look at each other. What do you think? You know... What do you think, Earl? I don't know, Jacob. I, yeah, I guess there are a lot of cats. I mean, yeah, okay, yeah, all right. Well, there's there are a fair number of them. You would have noticed it. I mean, it's pretty. They they were pretty noticeable. Never mind. They they weren't back. Then. Okay. Have you seen Keon? I mean, you know Keon, that guy works for the mask. Yes, I do. You seen? Not him? yet. He's supposed to show up here. Nah, uh, not yet. Okay. Well, I guess we just sit and wait then. Vassar, how long have you known Keon? Oh, a bunch of years now. Uh, he used to run the streets with me. We we grew up in the same neighborhood. I mean, he is my criminal contact. He's reliable and trustworthy. He acts as my liaison to a network of other criminals. Exactly. <laughs> Do you know Keon's boss? Maybe. Would you know that individual by sight? Well, I mean, I did work with the masks, so... Okay. I probably would. All right. I'm on the outs with them, but I mean, if me and Keon were part of a crew together, he probably used to be my boss. Correct. So you would recognize, obviously. Good. Okay. Yeah. Who is he? It's some guy named Cutter. Cutter? Okay. For obvious reasons. Because he cuts people. Oh, yeah. I thought he cut purses. Makes more sense for a thief. Mm, no, he likes to cut people. Oh, nice. Yeah. He's actually a terrible cut purse. He's just, he's a really good thug, basically. Why do so many people here have names that aren't names? Uh, usually on the street, you get a nickname that's associated with kind of what you do really well, or what you're known for, or something that happened. There's a lot of Earls and, and Lena's and Markov's, so it's a good way to distinguish people, too. Those are pretty common names. What's your nickname? I don't have one yet. Oh. She was expecting something yeah. cool and dashing, and it came down to nothing. You could have made up anything, and she would have believed you. Well, now you've got a mission, Fionn. To get my own nickname? He already gave you a nickname. You're red. Oh. You got a nickname immediately. I feel like I can't be the only red in the city, though. Vassar, um, what are we going to do? Going to go in, search the place type of thing, or what are we up to? Well, I'm, I'm just waiting here. I was supposed to meet Keon here, and I'm waiting for him. Okay, you waiting in the common room type of thing? Yeah. Yeah, I'll go inside, sit down. All right. The place is still, it's uh, not quite as messy as it was. Your mother insisted on cleaning up a little bit. She couldn't possibly leave the place as disheveled as you guys had it. There's a certain place where Maris made some mess that's been cleaned up, um, and other things have been have been kind of swept and mopped as best could be at the time. 
Grandma, Violet is not trying to cast any spells or anything. Periodically, she kind of has the choking sobs, and then you think she's going to start talking, and then she just chokes it down, eats a little bit more. She doesn't have much of an appetite after a while, Mara. She looks at you kind of with the watery eyes and just says, thank you, I'm not hungry anymore. All right. I'll hand her, five. I'll hand her, I'll hold up some coffee so she can have a drink of it if she wants. She'll take a sip. All right. We're done, Grandma. Julia comes over, kind of pats her on the head. It's okay, honey. It's okay. You just, you got in with the wrong group. You know that she had some of your workers killed and was ready to kill all of us. I'm not saying that forgiveness isn't a bad trait, but boy, you're just letting this slide way too easy, Julia. What I'm saying is that she's a friend and, and I feel bad for, I feel bad for her. What? Yes. Wait, back up to that word. Was it friend? You know her? Yes, I used to. Can you elaborate on that? I'd rather not right now. You know, I like a good story. I give her the puppy dog eyes. I like a good story, Julia. And I'm afraid she won't be able to tell us because I put the gag back on. Um, When did she go bad? Julia looks at you both. She starts choking up and says, I just really can't talk about this right now. And walks off by herself. Allison goes over and pats her on the shoulder and they kind of share a moment. Vassar, the front door opens up and you see Keon. In his usual regalia. What does Keon look like, Vassar? He's about my height, which means he's uh, short, but he's got a little bit more weight on him. He's a little thicker. He's got a little bit of a belly. His fingers are a little bit fatter. I mean, and they it's actually rather... Uh, does he have the kingpin thing going on? He's not the kingpin thing going on. It's like, he doesn't look like a thief, but he's actually rather clever. It's, that, it's the fact that he looks like that, that he doesn't look like a thief, that makes him so good at it. Nobody expects him. Fair enough. Keon sees you, says, Vassar, my old friend. How are you? How are you? I'm good, Keon. How's it going? Did you bring the money? Well, I see, unless this gorgeous redhead happens to be something you're trading as well, uh, I don't see the product I'm here for. Oh, no. We're going to take a walk and get you the product. Uh, but, you know, there was that one. T- what was that? What? We don't sell people. Uh, Yeah, we do. We're not supposed to sell people. <laughs> We're not supposed to sell people. That- that's fine. I get that you don't like to sell people. It's a thing that happens, though. Don't worry. She'll be fine. This is a thing that we've done, like, or at least the masks have done a bunch of times. Keon, we're just, you know, we'll take a walk. I, I realized that uh, in, in our drunken stupor last night that I gave you a location where, where this was that you could have, not that I thought you would have, but my compatriots thought you might, you know, double cross me. So I didn't want to make them uncomfortable. Hmm. Are you sure she's not for sale? No, she's totally for sale. We're going to take a walk and we're going to sell her to you. No, that one. Okay, I'm going to notch an arrow threateningly and be like, dude... Ask if I'm for sale one more time. <clears throat> all right, all right. I step in between them. I'm like, don't shoot me, please. All right, come on now. While I'm doing that, I want to try and look in Keon's eyes and see if the, his pupils are normal. Um, yes. Give me a perception check. Excellent. Totally normal. All right, I will. I will unnotch my bow. He looks at Vassar and goes, Vassar, Vassar, you know me. Just my sense of humor. Yeah. Easy there, darling. No offense. He, he didn't mean it. I swear. He's just a kind of a jerk sometimes, especially to really attractive and pretty girls. Fiona doesn't know how to take that, so she just doesn't say anything. So, where is the, uh, where are the goods again? Oh, we're gonna take a walk. I will walk with you. You didn't bring any extra muscle, did you? Well, not extra. It's just the usual amount. So you brought Garrus with you then? Well, yeah. How could I not? If this is who you tell me it is, I'm not just walking around with this person without something. I don't blame you. I mean, I figured you'd have Garrus, probably Fed- Frederick, maybe, uh, you know, Markov. Cutter's here. Oh, Cutter's here? Mm-hmm. Why is Cutter here? He's not going to be mad at me, is he? It's a lot of money. I can't, I don't, I don't have the authority to do this without him. 
Yeah, it's fine. Let's take a walk. Okay. Vassar, what did you do to piss cut her off? Well, it's kind of a long story. I disagreed with the job that they wanted to do. They wanted to have somebody killed and I wouldn't do it. Well, that sounds like a good thing. Yeah, well, it also puts you on the outs with the uh, local thieves' guild. All right, let's go. Back at Grandpa Thompson's, you guys have a small private as a private room gets. Basically, you guys had enough copper and silver to get an area that would normally probably sleep about 10 to 15 people, just kind of packed in like cordwood. You had enough space where you could get it in there. Kind of like probably a 10 by 12 size room. There is a door. It doesn't lock, but there's a door. And you hear the thunk, 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 thunk on the outside. Store open in or out? Opens in to you. I'll stand to the side, crack it a bit with my foot just at the edge of it, and look to see who's there. Yes? A very nervous Grandpa Thompson. What's the matter, Pops? Um, there's some gentleman, there's some gentleman here, uh, wringing his hands, wiping them with a very dirty rag. Um, needs to, uh, see you and, um, a lovely young lady that you have for sale. And is my friend Vassar and, uh, the young lady, uh, Fionn with him? Um, no. Hmm. That would seem to be a problem. Tell him we'll be there in a bit. Slam the door. Grandma, we got problems. Door is kicked open. Well, luckily I was standing to the side. <laughs> Maris, you know Cutter. You've seen Cutter before. Oh, shit. You've seen Cutter. You've seen his hired muscle. You don't necessarily remember the name of the muscle, but you've seen them before. Cutter walks in. He's got a swagger. He's got a smile. He's got an attitude. And, Grandma, you have never... You would never forget your son standing there looking like that. <gasps> oh! Dissonant whispers. <laughs> What one is this? Uh, he needs to make a save, DC 13, or he takes 10 psychic damage. It's like a mishmash of Erlig and Orkish and all sorts of stuff just jumbled together. Okay, five damage. Okay. I'm hoping to kind of brock him back on his heels, and then I'm going to try to slam the door again. Cutter's bodyguard is up. They've got their hands out towards you. They have blades, but they have truncheons in their hand. They've got small billy club-like things. At this point, Cutter hits, the blast hits him. He takes the damage. He's like, oh, by the gods, Morris, I'm going to cut your tongue out for that. Grandma? Yeah, Grandma's like, what the hell are you doing, Morris? He's here for the girl. Vassar and Fionn aren't here. This ain't right. They're trying to snatch her. This is my son. You say that. Cutter's face from rage, anger, murder at Morris, cut your tongue out. Here's the voice that says, my son, and any boy remembers this tone and turns and sees you and goes, Mom? You need a better son. He certainly wouldn't be doing anything like you're describing. Clearly, he came to see me. Mother, why are you here? Why are you here? Why are you here? This is what I do. What are you doing here? We need to talk, young man. Well, I, listen, don't, the, the muscle is kind of like, uh, er, um, boss? Way to emasculate him in front of his muscle. <laughs> Look, mother, I, don't you take that tone with me, young man. You two, outside. I'll be out in a minute. The muscle kind of does the, uh, all right, boss, sort of swagger, stagger, walk out. The fuck was that? Boom, boom, boom. And they leave. Shut the door behind them. Vassar and uh, Fion, you guys are coming up the street. You have Keon with you. 
he sees the two muscle standing outside, as you do, and uh, he's kind of just chatting as Kiona's want to do. Hey, how's this? How's that? How's your mom doing? Blah, blah, blah. Why are whoa, they... Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, where's, where's Cutter? Like, we walked outside. I thought he was with you. I don't know. Where's... Where's Cutter? He looks at the two guys. He's like, um, Cutter sent us back to you. He's... His mom's over there? And Kion says, his what? Cutter doesn't have a mother? What's Cutter's real name? Hey, Cutter is Cutter. Hey, hey, how did you figure out where they were? Did you follow me last night? I just... I mean, this is an investment. You keep track of your investments. You don't... I mean... Oh, come I on, I had to man. make sure... Why would you everything do that? Was, I, I had to make sure no one hurt you. You're, it was, you were drunk, man. Come on. Oh, uh, you know that's not what... Oh, uh, you weren't... You were trying to... You were trying to snatch the score without paying me. I know it's... No, 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 no. Wait, wait. Okay, first things first. You have Cutter's mom with you? He's looking at you, Vassar. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I look at Red, and I'm like, Nora's Cutter's mom? I mean, you probably don't know the answer to that, but I describe to Fionn what Cutter looks like. Is that Nora's son? That sounds like Uncle Liam, yeah. Uncle Liam? Wait, your uncle? You, what'd you, how did- We're from a very small village. He's technically not my uncle. He's actually my cousin. Well, actually, he's my, my mom's cousin. He puts but... his hand on Fionn's chest and pushes Fionn back and says, Look, woman, you sit back here. I'm talking. I want to grab his arm and twist it around and put a knee to his back and bring him down uh, with his arm twisted around and a knee to his back. So Keon is, like, trying to interrogate Vassar, like, what kind of weird scam are you trying to pull on Cutter? And he's like, here's Fionn to start rambling, rambling. He's like, look, woman, thump, hand on the chest, just a thump to push her off. I'm talking here. When Keon went to do that, I'm like, that's not really a, oh. <laughs> the hand makes contact with the chest right underneath the throat, and you're like, oh, heck no. <laughs> hand grab, twist, ah! He does almost a complete somersault onto his face, smack. Her knee is in his back, and his hand is pinned up behind him, and she has his wrist in that wonderful precarious position where two more pounds of pressure and it's going to break. He's like, oh, 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 faster, faster, ah! Where I come from, you don't touch a woman without the say-so of a matchmaker. And her own consent, obviously. I had drawn both my swords so that the other muscle didn't step in to do anything, and I'm like, back off. <laughs> and I'm like, and then when you say the matchmaker thing, I look at you, I'm like, what? <laughs> The, the muscle kind of backs up to like, uh, we just were supposed to bring you guys to see Cutter and his mama. Well, Keon, if you stop rambling about whatever's going on, because I'm just as surprised as you are, we can go and talk to Cutter and Fionn won't break yes, your let's go. wrist. Oh, my God, Jesus. Oh, now, now when she lets you go, go. And, 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 and Red, you're going to let him go, right, in a second. Just, just a second. You're not going to touch her anymore, right? I swear, by all the gods, I swear, whatever you want, I swear. Okay, Fionn, you can let him go now. I let him go, but I draw my short sword. Ow, ah, ah, oh, ah, good, ah, ah, up, ah, god damn it. Oh. I pick Kian up off the ground. This is why my family didn't worry about me coming on this big, long quest to the big city. <laughs> Ow, oh, man. He's got under his breath. Faster, that is one. Ah, you better watch it, man. I bet she's nasty. Ow, ah. I, you, you really don't want to try to buy her again. She'll kill you. Keon just kind of moves over to the muscle. He's like, ah, ah. And they're looking at him like, dude, this young slip of a girl just kicked your ass. What is wrong with you? Grandma and Maris, 
Grandma is doing exactly the same thing Fionn just did, but to her son. <laughs> okay. She's grabbing his yes. arm, spinning it around so that he gets low enough for her to grab his ear and starts yelling at him. You come to the city. Cutter, really, Cutter. That's the name we're going to use. What? You lose all sense of who you are and your manners. This is who I am. This is who I am. This is not who you. This is not who I raised you to be. I know. That's why I'm here and I'm not with you. He says that, his eyes get huge, like, oh my god. Well, you're with me now. You even see Marius look at Violet, and Violet looks, and we both like, oh, he's fucked. (laughs) (laughs) And look where it got you. Back with me, and deep in trouble. Look, it's just money. It's not that we're not going to hurt her. And if I weren't here, who would you be hurting? These other women? Oh, and and you, Marius, sorry. Well, not, not personally. I wouldn't hurt any. I never. I've never hurt a woman personally. That's not a good answer. Um, I've never hurt anybody personally. That's not a good answer either. Look, I just at this point, Vassar. I'm assuming you, Fionn, and the rest of the cavalcade have made their way. The door to the room opens up. Cutter is on his knees. He's got his right ear tweaked over to one side, and this little old lady is like nose to nose with him, having a discussion about his moral shortcomings. This is not who she raised. This is not the man he's supposed to be. Maris is like, oh my god, Violet's eyes are just wide. She's like, this is one of the most dangerous men in this quarter of the city, and this old woman, what the hell? Julia and uh, Allison have kind of stepped behind Maris, they're peeking over her shoulder, because it's clearly not safe to be anywhere near this family fracas at this point. Keon is just mouth agape, what? Oh my god, mom, you brought her? Yes, she has better manners, and... It is Uncle Liam. She's a better person than you are by far. She's not even an adult. How did you? Ow, ow, my ear. God. Ah. So there's sweet buns downstairs and coffee. I'll go go get them, Vassar. You you stay here. I was trying to suggest that we could all go downstairs and have some breakfast and talk about this. Hi, Cutter. Good idea. Grandma starts heading downstairs, forgetting that she's got her son by the ear and is just dragging him along behind her. Somebody's got in oh, trouble. This is the weirdest Somebody thing I've ever seen. Cutter slash Liam looks at Keon and says, get out of here. I've, I've got this under control. I'll, I'll just, it's fine. Well, like, and one of the muscle like, so boss, what do we do with like all the money we brought? Just leave it. Just leave it. Give it to Vassar. It's fine. Vassar, you get a large, uh, let's say a crown royal bag size. It goes chunk. It's very heavy. Feels like silver. Cool. Here, Keon, take the girl. All right. <laughs> Grabs her. Bye, Violet. Don't come back. The four of you, Cutter and uh, Julia and Allison, go down to what's left of the sticky buns and coffee. Fiona has popped herself down, hands on cheeks on the table, going, this is going to be fun. <laughs> Grandma's kicking someone else's ass. Tom, I see Grandma kind of taking him, tossing him kind of with a flick of the wrist into a chair, thump, or onto a stool, and he's just sitting there. Mm-hmm. He has this forlorn look of a 30-something man who just had his mother whoop his ass. I lean over to Vassar. Hey, hey, that guy, Cutter? Yeah? Norris' his mom. I figured that out myself. Thanks, though, buddy. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if you missed that. No. So this is this is where I find you. This is what I find you doing. This is what I'm good at. I, I, I'm i not trying to do anything bad. This is just what I'm good at. I didn't come here to do this. To be fair, Nora, he actually is pretty good at his job. See? Pastor knows. And what exactly is his job? A butcher? Is that it? Cutter? Well, he's more like he runs like protection rackets. 
in in the city? I make sure people are safe. That's what I do. I make sure people are safe and well taken care of, don't I, Vassar? Until they don't pay, and then he cuts them. Until they do. And you like living in this filth? How can you even breathe here? Hey, it's my city, too. I like it here. I'm not talking to you, young man. Yeah, this isn't that bad a place. I lean over to Fionn. I understand why you're so cautious around her now. Yeah, you think I'm a badass? Where do you think I learned it from? Defending myself against her. (laughs) So Liam, he looks at Mother right in the eyes, and he's given up. He's not going to equivocate. He's not going to argue for his place. He's not going to discuss anything anymore. He's caught. He's like shoulder deep in the cookie jar. There's no saying that he accidentally trip slipped and fell into the cookie jar. It's clear he built himself into this. Heavy sigh. What do you want me to do, Mom? I want you to come with me. We need to talk. I want to do it in private, not in front of these people. We've already aired enough of our laundry. So we find a room and we go talk, and it ends up taking about an hour and a half of our time. That's fine. I'm not going to force him to come back to the village if this is where he wants to be. So Grandmother is going to have to, at some point, realize that this is his home now. Vassar, Fionn, Maris, Julia, and Allison. Vassar, Julia comes up to you and says, your new friends are some of the weirdest people. I agree. Uh, here, Mom. And I uh, give her a bunch of the money out of the bag. And I'm like, we can go back to the inn now. Oh, my. Because I can't take this. Well, just take 10 to get for the mess. This is gold. We can't have this. This is. How am I going to spend this? It's gold. It's not silver. No, it is gold. Oh, my God. I've never seen a gold coin. Holy shit. I didn't notice that until I pulled it out. I'm like, oh, I mean, I, I knew that's what we bargained for. But, well, I'm going to go get some of this changed so that you can have some money for the mess that we made. You can't just walk around with this. Where are we going to hide this? No, you can walk around with it. You just have to go. It's fine. We just have to go get it changed into silver. It's fine. All right. All right. Is the iron wheel safe now? Are we going to be okay? Yeah, go ahead. All right, so I'm going to take Allison, and we're going to go back, and I'm going to open up. It's going to be fine. Do you want me to go with you guys just to make sure everything's okay? Maris is going to come with us to make sure that we're fine. All right. Now I'll come back and meet you guys. Walk them over, make sure everything's solid. Yeah, I'd rather stay here. Mom, no, I don't know what to do with that. I'm, You know what? You guys, you folks do what you got to do. I'm going to go deal with this money. Grandma, or Mom in this case, you're talking to Liam. There's a bit of a dressing down. There's a point when you take a chance to breathe. And he looks at you and says, Mom, I know this is bad. And I know we have a lot to discuss. We got to figure this out. But this is not, it's not over yet. I'm supposed to take that box and I'm supposed to deliver it. And if I don't do that, they're going to kill me. Okay. Who are you taking the box to and who is going to kill you? It's not going to make any sense to you. Okay. You know, you left the village because you didn't think I could understand. Try me. All right. So the Potter family has paid me an exorbitant amount of money, which is the only way I could afford to give you like a quarter of what they gave me. They paid me a lot of coin so I could get the box and bring it back to them. You're right. I don't understand. Who's the Potter family? The um, Potter family is the second most powerful uh, magistrate family in Avalon. They are own the Urban Harvesters Guild, uh, most farming outside of Avalon, including all the vineyards, and they also are in control of the uh, Brewmeisters um, Guild as well. I don't know why they want it. I don't even know what it is, Mom, but all I know is that box has to go. And I didn't know it was you. I swear, I swear by our ancestors, I did not know this was you, and I didn't know Fionn was here either, but I'm supposed to take that and destroy everybody who has seen it and knows about it. You're all supposed to be dead. Well, we know that's not going to happen. No, it's not. So regardless of what happens, I need to leave. I can't be in the city, like, for a while. 
And I think you and Fionn at least should leave. I don't care about the rest of them. If the rest of them get killed, they get killed. Vassar's a freaking punk anyway. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Vassar has morals, and he's an upstanding individual, and he... You, you would like you would like him. You would like where he draws his lines. You would you would appreciate that, mother. What I'm saying though is that they're all in danger because if I don't deliver that box, they're coming for him and me. So when you're saying you have to leave the village, are you saying that's if you don't give him the box, or even if you give him the box? I'm saying right now I can't go through. I can't kill you and Fion at all. I can't do that. I couldn't, I couldn't order that. I gotta leave. I can't be here. If the masks find out and then the potters, if the potters find out, I, I backed out on this deal. I'm dead. And that like just like shot in the head, hung from a rope dead. I will get filleted alive, burned alive. It'll be horrible. I can't stay here. I understand that. Morris, you and uh, Julia get back to the, uh, iron wheel. No, where's Allison? Allison's with you. Sorry. Thank you very much. Okay. Woo. Otherwise this trip is for nothing. I'm trying to walk all confident and, like, making sure everything looks safe and copacetic. Okay. Let me go in first. You guys walk in the, the front door, as we've described before. The front door empties into the common room. There's the back door leading out and then a door leading over to the kitchen. Um, you guys get in. As soon as the front door shuts behind you, it opens back up. Two very powerful-looking men come in. Not open yet. Can you come back in a bit? The kitchen door opens up and the back door opens up and... Four more men, two from each door, come in. So, I guess you're not here for breakfast? Who's in charge here? From the kitchen, you hear uh, kind of a high-pitched laughing. (laughs) And out from between the two large men comes a small bargeman, halfling-sized. He is wearing the traditional bargeman gear. He's got the kind of uh, ends-at-the-knees pants. He's barefoot. He looks Mm -hmm. like a sailor. He's got that entire look to him. Morris, you have seen this person before. His name is Willie. And Willie is a evil, mean son of a bitch. Willie has a really bad attitude, and there is very few levels of depravity and so forth. Ah, oh, Willie. What do you want? He comes in. He's got he's got the pipe in one hand and a pistol in the other. He's got the hammer cocked back. This is Morris. Where's the box? Don't know what you're talking about, Willie. Allison, right between the eyes, the back of her head is blown completely out. No! That's all for this episode of The Streets of Avalon. Tune in next time to see if Allison is actually dead, what becomes of Liam and Grandmother, and to see if our rogues can stay out of the way of the multitudes of people who are trying to get the box. We look forward to running with you rogues next time. 